You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. Well, welcome to Open Court with Jay Young, your weekly information source for Fairfield University basketball. Time to hear from the second-year head coach of the Fairfield Stags, Jay Young, and along with my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. I'm Bob Huesler. Well, the white water rapids that are the 2020 NCAA basketball season continue to flow for the Stags. Three non-conference games last week, and Fairfield was scheduled to open the conference season this week against Siena, but the Saints have had a positive COVID test, so no games against Siena this weekend. Instead, the Stags will get their first look, as it turns out, against Rick Pitino's Iona Gales. That's coming up this weekend at Alumni Hall. So let's start right there, Coach. Tell us a little bit more about the sequence of events that led to the postponement of those Siena games and then the scramble to uh, find a replacement, which in this case turned out to be Iona. Yeah, I just – we were ready to go on the practice floor uh, about – I guess 20 of 10, we practiced at 10 today, and I got a phone call, a text from um, Carmen Masiello at Siena, their head coach, if I was free. Uh, I said I got about 15 minutes before we go and get on the call. We, he called me back. Before I get on the court, he called me back and just explained what happened. He had a positive test and, and that the game was going to be uh, uh, postponed. And then, uh, you know, Paul Schlickman and Zach Dayton came in, you know, shortly after that to confirm that that was correct. Uh, why he was on the phone. It was kind of happened simultaneously. So uh, that was really it. Um, you know, our league has talked about doing this. So I knew that there was a possibility if there was a cancellation on the other side of another game of pairing games together. And literally, as I was walking to uh, the locker room at 10 o'clock, I found out that we had to, we were going to play Iona because Quinnipiac, <laughs> Quinnipiac had a positive test. Um, so that's how we, we ended up with, with Iona. Yeah, it's crazy. It's um, we talked about this last week. Uh, you go into any particular, not even week, day, not knowing perhaps how it's going to turn out by the end of the day. So here it is. You uh, woke up this morning, getting ready to play Siena. Now um, you walk into the gymnasium, literally, and now you have to concentrate on getting ready for Iona. And I would ask you, how much? energy does this take from you and your staff and I asked this question knowing that you are in the same boat as everybody else but still how much energy does this take from you and your staff energy that you obviously rather be devoting to developing as a basketball team yeah I, I, you know it is what it is we we um I, I think it's more you know the you know we're obviously not playing well right now and we kind of prepared for Sienna to come in and, you know, uh, Brian Dew had done a lot of work on the scouting report for that. And not that we're not going to use it, but um, now you just got to shift gears real quickly. Um, but that's, you know, I tell the guys, we just got to control what we can control. We're, we're fortunate that we're, we're still playing. Uh, as of today, we haven't had a positive COVID test in a long time. So that's a great, that's great news. And uh, this is what this year is. I, I just, I really don't think about it. Every day you come in, someone said, asked me if it was a day-by-day thing. It's really an hour-by-hour thing. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it's really come down to where you're getting news about anything, a game change, a schedule change, a, a positive test from someone. Um, so that that's what we're dealing with and, and we'll we'll do the best we can. But um yeah. it's it's the same message I sent to the guys is there's nothing we can do about it other than be try and be really good at our preparation now and, and shift gears and, and uh, have to get ready to play a very good Iona team. Jay, um it's easy for me being around Fairfield basketball, wearing Fairfield gear to put myself back into my pro kids about 41 years ago, I think I would be a, a royal pain in the neck wondering what the heck's going on. Now, I will say to you, the fact that the NCAA has ruled that kids won't lose a year of eligibility has probably calmed a lot of players down. No question. How, how and you kind of answered it, how are the players and how have the parents been I don't like to say to deal with because that's negative, but how, how has that been Is every, with the protocols and the schedule? How, how Just go in-depth a little bit with the kids, like maybe a one-on-one -on -one meeting, not necessarily practices and stuff, but how have they been? They've been great, and the parents have been great. Um, it, it's, it's just a matter of being flexible, and we're trying to keep them safe. I explained that you know we've had a lot of movement. Uh, physically, we had to move to a hotel for a couple of weeks and then we get back on campus and we move to another place and kids have had to move around dorm rooms, uh, uh, residence halls because one was safer or we tried. So there's been a lot of, I guess, disruption of their, their schedule and, and, but the parents have understood everything that we've done in our university. I, again, I commend Paul Slickman and our president and everybody who's to, to keep us safe. Um, and, and so the parents have understood that and they've been terrific and so haven't the players. It doesn't mean that they're haven't been frustrating or tired of the food or the grab and go or the, the, you know, those, but, but this is what it is. If we want to play college basketball this year, uh, this is what we're going to have to do. And I, I think I said this to you guys before I told the kids, uh, the team one day that, you know, we're kind of just tired of COVID tired. Everybody's tired of talking about it. I'm tired. But the same day that we get to play a basketball game, you know, uh, I think there was 1,500 deaths that day in, in the country. So I think yeah. it's just a matter of perspective and keeping things, uh, just reminding them of just how lucky we are, even though, you know, we've, there are some disruptions to our own schedule. I, I just think that that's real important. We keep reminding everybody about that. Very fortunate indeed to be playing basketball, uh, Coach. And, uh, well, let's lift the, the hood on the Fairfield car here and uh, – try and get some of the things that are preventing you from doing what you want to do so far this season. That's win a game. And really the elephant in the room right now is um, the point production. That's at the top of the list. I mean, you're averaging 60 points a game. It's obviously not enough at this point to, to win games. My question would be how much more did you expect in terms of offensive efficiency at this point in the season from this particular group? Yeah, I was, you know, the understatement of the century would be is I hope, <laughs> hope we'd be better. Uh, we spent a lot of time on the off season, you know, during COVID as a staff, uh, just kind of looking at really offensive stuff and ways to play. We introduced a lot of new stuff to these guys. If, if you know, we're just playing differently than we did last year. And in retrospect, uh, a lot of it's new, probably during a pandemic, uh, might have been, I guess, safer to kind of do what we did last year. But we felt long-term that this is the best way for us to play uh, and to operate. And I still am convinced of that. We're going through some some moments here uh, 
that that uh, have been troubling, troubling the way we're shooting the ball and turning the ball over that we've got to fix. Um, but I thought we'd be better. I thought we'd play better early. Um, you know, I'm trying to search for some answers to help us improve. We've added some stuff, subtracted some stuff. That's that's what you do when you lose. Uh, but we've had some good moments too offensively. We just we have not been able to string them together. Uh, and we haven't been able to string our defensive numbers, our defensive uh, possessions together when they matter most. That's been the most frustrating thing about our execution, um, you know, kind of in those moments when it's, when it's extremely important. And so it, it's, we're, we're, you know, slamming them with film and, and watching it and trying to get better at it. But it's, it's you know, I'll be the first one to admit it. I, I'm surprised at where we are offensively this year. We we uh, we saw it firsthand last year. Your team was great defensively. Um, you weren't so good offensively, but you, you I thought your team overachieved because you defended, and you mentioned um, you know you're not getting key stops. My question to you, and you already answered some of it. You're not going to change, and and I don't think you should. But do you ever look at your staff and say, you know what, we got to figure out a way to get three or four more baskets every game? out-of-bounds plays, uh, X on free throws. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but in that regard, offensively, is there anything, you know, that you're going to tweak or change or try to get baskets you don't normally, you know, get them? Is is that something you've talked about or thought about? Yeah, we've tried to be, and I think we were last year, our our points per possession on out-of-bounds, under, and sideline stuff was very, very good. We we have not been able to recreate that for whatever reason. Uh, this year. And we, we talk about stealing points uh, that way all the time. Uh, the other way we talk about is, you know, our defense is right. the best way for us to steal points is with our defense. And uh, we have not been good with transition offense this year either. We've, we've just made some really, you know, funny decisions, <laughs> I guess that's the best way to say in transition offense. So uh, we're trying to clean those things up and, uh, you know, it's always, for me, the best way for us to score is to make the other team miss and try and play five on four, five on three, whatever we can. And we've had a few of those situations, but we've, we, we just, our conversion rate has been really poor. Uh, so uh, the answer is, yeah, we, we you know, we, we've always trying to, we, we were really good on, on OB unders and sidelines last year. We've dummied it down. And some of that is just a lack of pr- uh, practice time. We we just haven't had the opportunity to put in a lot of stuff. Where the, the other problem we're having, these, are, these everybody's going through this is is just the bodies that are available to practice. So you know, Supreme sat out practice again today, and uh, it it's got to be we're in we're going into games now with like a playlist of probably eleven plays or so that we feel that everybody is really comfortable executing and we probably would have 30 35 plays that at this point normally that we f- would feel that guys could could do so we just we're we're dummy down on on ob unders and sidelines uh we had much more extensive stuff in to, to help us score so we're trying to add but it's a, but then we're trying to get good at the stuff we already have in so it's it's we got to do all those things better and i i feel we're practicing too long i just feel you know we're at we're at two hours and 15, 20 minutes before game day, just because I feel we have to fix stuff and add stuff. And it's, uh, you know, that's, that's what happens when you don't have the success that you, that you want to have. But uh, I've told this to the team guys and it, 
the, the only way I ever know to fix this is to just get better at what you're doing, to roll up your sleeves and be, you know, we're just making too many mistakes. So it's, we have to stay the course and, and get better at what we're doing. But uh, that was a long answer, Joe. The answer is, yeah, we, we've, we, you know, we're always, I'm always looking at points per possession on OB unders and sidelines, uh, any way we can steal points. Before I jump ahead, Coach, I uh, just wanted to follow up on what you said about Supreme Cook. Uh, we took notice of the fact that he, uh, he started yesterday but only played 18 minutes. Um, use that dangerous word, presume it has something to do with the knee. Was that why he had limited minutes against Hartford and why he sat out practice today? Yeah, I mean, the, the knee, and then he came down on his uh, he ankle the other day in practice. Um, you know, and that, that swelled up. So he is not moving well. And then, you know, I would have played him on the kid marks last night, you know, even though I wasn't going to just sit him, even though the matchup wasn't great for him, but his, you know, his movement has not been good. So um, that's a, you know, that's the thing that he's just constantly getting treatment for. It's nothing uh, that requires surgery, but it's, it's blown up on him. And now he came down on the ankle the other day, the opposite on the opposite leg, and and that has been an issue with him too. So, uh, you know, he's just just a little beat up right now. He really is. So when he showed when you showed up today for practice, uh, was it under the assumption that maybe he could go, or did you pretty much already? I knew that? last night after the game and the way he was moving um, that when I talked to um, Mike, our trainer, that he was not going to be ready for today. You know. So we'll refer to him uh, in the popular vernacular as a day-to-day -day with a lower body injury. That is 100% uh, accurate, day-to-day. -day. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting back to the whys and wherefores right now uh, for you statistically, uh, in addition to the, you know, the bottom line number, points per game, obviously the most alarming thing for you here is uh, assisted turnovers, uh, seven assists, uh, per game versus 16 turnovers per game. Clearly, that's not going to get it done. It's not where, anywhere near where you want to be. Specific question would be, are you seeing things on game film that surprise you based on what you're trying to get done in practice? Um, you know, we started off our, our practice the other day before the Hartford, showing them every single turnover that we've had. Yeah. And... Um, you know, when I said to them, we have met the enemy and the enemy is ourself. We are turning the ball over. And it's we've played two teams in Stony Brook. And, and this was before that we played Hartford last night. And we were better last night. We only had, I think, 14 last night. But our turnovers were caused by us on just our decision making. It wasn't like we're playing VCUs out in passing lanes. And they're letting us catch the ball. They're letting us reverse the ball. They're letting us. It was just the decisions. And that we're making and we've just had to stop and, and you know it's we're harping on it obviously as a staff we're showing them film constantly but it, it we ha it was like enough with with the turnovers that we just have kind of unforced errors um that, that we have to do a much better job and we did that last night for the most part and and then you know we're, we're getting them in big moments too that's the other part is yeah. is just getting them uh, tie games, you know, up one, down one in, in huge moments. So uh, it's really us. It's nothing that Stony Brook had done and nothing that Hartford, they don't play like that. We're just making some decisions that are really, uh, uh, that we just got to do a much better job at our decision-making, whether it's, uh, you know, ball screen offense, whether it's just passing from A to B. Um, 
whether it's, you know, just, I tell them, you know, a great aspect of being a good player is throwing the ball to the, uh, one of your teammates who has a uniform on just like yours. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a, a crazy pass or something uh, spectacular. That's just, just throw it to the other guy with the same uniform on and we'll be better. When you're bad offensively and you're coming down and we had, I think, 30, to 36 and, t- and you're not getting extra shots at the rim. You just, you, you put it, it's like getting off the bus and you're down 15. It really is. Right. Um, and again, these, these are things we're just going to have to get better at and we're working hard to do so. Um, uh, and it's everybody. I can't, it's not like you take one guy out of the lineup. Everybody's involved with the turnover. You know, one, it was our point guards one night. Then it was our, we got a bunch from our four spot the next night. And then it's, we just got to make a better effort to, to just throw it to this guy with the same uniform on. That's really what we got to do. Jay, um, you're talking about trying to improve things, obviously. And um, I, I didn't, <laughs> I waited a long time to be a head coach. And when I became a head coach, I didn't have a lot of patience. <laughs> Um, how are your practices? I'm just curious. Are you going first five against second? Five? I know you said you're going too long. I, I understand that. Are you going first five against second five? Are you mixing them up to be more competitive? Are you, are you and I say this again, just cause I don't have a good feel for the English language. Um, I don't mean to say, you know, you're frustrated. And you, have you just said, guys, I'm going to play the five freaking toughest guys. Like wh- what are your practices about now? Are you, are you, well, I, I know you love them. I know how you are as a person. Um, but are you like, all right, guys, we need to compete more. What, what are you doing to, to make them compete better, if you will? Yeah, I, I was really frustrated, Joe, with, with uh, the lack of, of rebounding and 50 50 balls. So we showed them hustle plays from last night's game. We showed them plays, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I'm big on, hey, we got to make winning plays and, and let's look at some situations where we could have made winning plays. And we showed him a couple winning plays. AJ gets in on a free throw, gets us an extra possession. And then we show a 50-50 ball that we don't get. And, you know, I, I, as I explained to the guys today in the locker room, like, I'm a, I, I get it. We're not shooting the ball well. We're not. We've got a bad assist to turn. I, I get all that stuff working. But I can tolerate a lot of stuff. What I'm not going to tolerate is, is this. Um, the problem is we have eight guys and now Cal's back a little bit. And, and, you know, uh, when you say, you know, when we play in practice, Jake and, and uh, Zach are on the other team all the time. So it's very, it's very competitive and it actually makes me more angry uh, when, when they're on the other team and watching our practice sometimes. So, um, uh, cause there's days when we just can't guard Jake in practice, no matter what we do. So, uh, uh, they're compa- we, we've had good practices, I think. We're making mistakes in practice that we got to correct. That's frustrating, but the energy has been in practice. Uh, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm kind of searching for answers. We've been disastrous in second half. Set. We addressed that in the halftime last night. we got to play this half. We've had leads in three of our four games at the half, and we've just run out of gas. We've looked at minutes. It's just not a lot we can do. we we got eight, eight guys now. Cal is back. Kind of, I need to play him more. Uh, just from a minute standpoint, and, and, you know, you're looking at the minutes of some of these guys are logging, and, and they're just too much. You just mentioned it. Uh, you've had leads, Coach, first half of your last three games. Uh, second half, different story. I know you made a point about that very thing following the, the second Hartford loss. Have you been able to put your finger on it? Obviously, they're making, the opponent makes adjustments. Is it, is it a matter of uh, – uh, counter-punching effectively enough, if I can use that turn of phrase? 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I honestly, you know, I've watched these I don't know what adjustments the opponents have made other than that they've been better than us. It's not like any of them came out and did anything differently than they did in the first half in any one of those games. They made more shots. We missed more. We weren't as good defensively. Uh, but they, no one came out and ran new stuff or did different things. We just weren't as tight, and they were better. Um, they executed their stuff better than we executed our stuff. In the first half, it was, it was the other way around. Um, so – you know, we've had some bad moments defensively in stretches. We've had some really bad moments, especially in the Stony Brook games, just, uh, you know, a little bit of unlucky, a little bit of a bad moments just with not making good decisions. But it, it it's, it's really just how hard we're playing, um, getting big rebounds when we need to get them, making plays, getting a big basket when we need to get them. Uh, you know, uh, I showed the guys – you know, I've been really on them about uh, just making winning plays. And we keep showing them video what that looks like. You know, uh, uh, I showed them uh, the other day in, after the Stony Brook game, I put up Geo Baker's numbers from um, Rutgers. And uh, I, I redacted his name and where he was from. And now Geo played with, you know, Chef and Caleb. And I said, yep. tell me about this guy. And if you look at Geo's numbers at Rutgers, they're, they're good numbers, but they're very pedestrian numbers. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, tell me about this guy. He's a four-year college player. And everybody was looking, you know, it was 10 points a game. He shot under 40% for his career. He's been a margin. He's been shot 33% from three. He's got a good assist to turnover. But, but from a – you would never say that this guy is a first-team uh, all-Big Ten preseason selection just by his numbers. Right. And then I said, well – let me show you why he's special and just the big shots that he, and then we rolled about 15 big, big shots that he's made or big plays when the lights are the, are the brightest. So we've got to, um, you know, kind of do that. We've got, we, we have just not made any plays uh, when we needed to make them the most. And um, again, we're, we're trying to figure that part of it out too. So, uh, you know, there's a lot we got to fix and, and we're working hard to do it. You know, it's, Coach, when a team comes together, they're going on a winning streak or they turn into a consistently uh, winning team. It's said that they, they've gelled, particularly when a, a group goes from point A to point B and you get to point B and, and you go, wow, you know, look at the transformation there. They've gelled. What leads you to believe uh, that this group will, you know, from a chemistry standpoint, Jill, how much have you seen toward that end and repeating it? How much potential do they have to really, you know, coalesce as a group? Yeah, we, I mean, it's all about your character in moments like this. And we've got high character kids. So I'm optimistic, you know, I'm, I'm, I know we can uh, be a better basketball team and we will improve. So uh, these are the moments, you know, uh, we're 0-4. We're Everybody says you could be 3-1. and one. Well, we're not. We're 0-4. That's we, As Bill Barcel says, you are what your record says you are. Yep. And that's what we are as a team. And, and we're going to work hard to change that. Um, you know, I, I, I told them a story after we got back off the bus and I, um, from, from Stony Brook. Obviously, everybody was devastated, certainly with the way the game played out. And I said, uh, I said guys, uh, let me tell you about my second year at Rutgers. And uh, we were in the Big Ten, obviously, at the time. And we played two teams back-to-back -back in our non-conference schedule. We played Hartford and we played Stony Brook back-to-back. -back. Those, ironically, were the same two teams. Yeah. And we lost both of those games. 
Okay, so it's you think this loss is devastating. Try writing a check for about a, uh, you know one hundred and eighty thousand bucks to both of those. You know, like that's what it cost <laughs> us to lose those games. So, and the world was believe me that the world was falling apart in Rutgers Nation. That that uh, you know it was devastating. It was everybody was ready to run us out of town and. And uh, we ended the season beating Minnesota, Indiana, and Madison Square Garden in the uh-huh. Big Ten tournament yep. and taking Purdue down to the wire. Uh, and then I also said to him, guys, uh, that locker room that we were in Stony Brook, we were in the visitors' locker room, which was terrible, terrible at Stony Brook. So when I got to Stony Brook, that was our home locker room. That was our locker room. And our first three years at Stony Brook, four wins, uh, nine wins, seven wins. Those were our first three years. And then I said, did you go out? in the gym and did you notice anything in the gym did you look up in the gym and what did you see and they said banners well i was part of every one of those banners so it's not where you start it's where you finish we have we're going to be a good basketball team you're gonna go through moments like this i've never i've been through a lot of builds and you always go through moments like this and you just gotta you gotta keep forging ahead i know no other way than roll up your sleeves and uh I think, I think too, I think that they're feeling the weight of the 0-4. This is 0-4. Um, it's, it's, we, and we've played some close games that we could have won. We didn't. Uh, but we're going to get through this, and we'll, we'll be a better basketball team. Jay, um, Jesus Cruz and Taj Benning, two guys that played a full year for you last year, um, to me, look like they're trying to play to win. And, and I get it. You know, Cruz is one for 12 from three and blah, blah, blah. But – they look like they're playing hard. Now, I look at, always look at things from an offensive standpoint. It's probably why I'm sitting here <laughs> in my basement. Uh, but how have they been? And do you, if the answer is going to be a positive one, are you, are you feel good about the rest of your team improving like they did? Yeah, I, I do. I, I just think all of us right now, Joe, are, are you know, especially offensively, uh, maybe trying to do some things that we shouldn't be doing. Uh, there's no secret that, that everybody feels a need to score the ball, which, which we do. We, we have to score the ball. But then you get into a thing and, you know, with shot selection and, and you know, uh, what type of shots we should be taking, what type of shots can you be taking. You know, um, shooting is not an equal opportunity position. And we've, you know, show them a lot of film about th- these are, and we've got our shot spectrum up. If you take this shot, this is what they shoot these shots in the NBA. This is what your, our percentage is going to be. This is, if you get to the rim, we're going to be at about 1.12 points per possession. If we get floaters, this is what we're going to be. This is what the, so which we're, we're trying to coach them a lot on shot selection. I just think we're pressing uh, some of those guys. They, they've been great, but I need them I bought them in and I just said, I need you to score more, but be more efficient, take better shots, uh, have a, get the free throw line, you know, uh, be more productive doing less. And, and that will make us a better offensive team. I just think that, you know, we, we all know we we're, we're struggling to score. And then what happens is you kind of take a bad shot and it just compounds the issue uh, of what you're trying to do. So we're, we're, uh, but they've been great. They've been great. They're, they're frustrated like all of us. Um, you know, and I, I just go back to we we have not been good offensively. Everybody understands that. But our defense hasn't done enough either to help us. We could have won games with bigger stops, um, you know, uh, doing more on that end of the floor as well, too. So we have to improve on all areas of the, of the game. A couple of uh, quickies here, Coach, as uh, we uh, wind things down. First, um, Jeff Goodman 
tweeted this last week, so I wanted to follow up with you. He, uh, he reported that the uh, basketball oversight, the NCAA basketball oversight committee is expected to recommend that the NCAA provide immediate eligibility to all transfers for this season and that the proposal is going to go before the Division I Council, which meets on December 16th, but there's a chance it could be voted on prior to the 16th. How uh, much hope are you holding out that this is going to be something that favors Fairfield with your two uh, waiver denials, Jake Wojcik and Zach Chrysler? Uh, you know, the, their fate for the rest of the season hangs in the balance. You optimistic? Do you hear anything about the timing? Do you hear anything at all about what's going on here? I mean, I'm optimistic because I don't want to be <laughs> pessimistic because, uh, you know, uh, I, I can't understand. I still can't wrap my head around the logic of why these two guys aren't playing. And, not, you know, I, I said this the other day after the, after the Stony Brook game. So we play Stony Brook and they have two transfers who are both eligible, who accounted for 26 points uh, out of their final score. And I said mm -hmm. to him, well, I would – I'm not taking anything away from Stony Brook. I said, I, I like our chances if, if our two guys were able – were declared eligible by the NCAA. I would like our chances too. So I, I can't understand why they wouldn't um, – again, it's, it's affecting the guys such a small population of student-athletes. And for these guys not to be playing – uh, I, I don't see the logic in it all. So I'm hoping that uh, they see what I see. And obviously I'm biased, but I don't, I don't see a reason for anybody to be sitting out this year. I don't. And I think, I think all the coaches would agree with you. I don't think you'd get one college coach to say that anybody should be sitting out um, this year. So I'm hoping that they see it in our favor. And especially for those two guys, they've worked so hard uh, and they were planning on, <clears throat> excuse me, they were planning on playing this year. So um, I'm holding out hope that we're going to get some good news and get those guys into our lineup. So you get the good news. What what are we going to see from these two guys? Like, what specifically will they do? Well, you, you know, they, they both are capable of stretching the floor. That's the biggest thing. You know, Zach is a very skilled uh, big guy, 6'9", college body, um, and a cerebral kid. Um, you know, when kind of what he fits into what we want to run offensively now. And, and Jake is just, you know, can shoot it, but he, – he, I've uh, been impressed. He's just had more offensive game than just being a shooter. Um, you know, the other day he, he was Marcus, he, he was uh, flowers for uh, Hartford. And, uh, you know, I, I told him, you're not making me very confident about our defense after the practice the other day, because we could, we just couldn't. And it was, it was, wasn't just shooting threes. It was off the dribble. It was step backs. It was driving. So he's, he's, and look, those guys aren't solving every, you know, I don't want to put the weight of the world on those guys if they are eligible, they're going to come in and make us better for sure, uh, for, for sure. So, uh, but, you know, they're, they're two um, very talented guys and they address drastic needs uh, that we have on, certainly on one end of the floor. All right, Coach, again, uh, as we wind it down here, uh, you had to do a, a pivot, no uh, Sienna prep. Those games have been uh, postponed. Now you're getting ready for Iona. Um, obviously, uh, Rick Pitino grabs the headlines every time that an Iona team, especially in this early part of the season, takes the floor. I'm sure you're going to see a, a well-coached team. That's uh, not taking much of a, a leap there. But based on what you've seen so far uh, from Iona, I'm sure you've looked at a little bit of what they've done. Uh, and they don't have much. They don't have much game action themselves, but. 
see any big difference in terms of Iona uh, of last year versus what Patino's already done with them this year? Uh, just, you know, style, uh, you know, with the full court pressure. I, I have not, um, you know, literally found out 15 minutes before we took on the practice field. So we, we literally had a section of reviewing Siena offense that we just took out of practice today. And uh, the only thing that I saw is I watched um, the second half of their Seton Hall game uh, the other night. And I know they played real well in the first half. I just happened to catch the second half. So uh, after we get off this call, uh, I'm going to jump on that. Uh, obviously right away and yeah. I've got the game films loaded and I know they just got so many new guys, Bob, that I know nothing about. Uh, okay. Gist, Gist is out hurting, uh, out hurt. Um, obviously Ross, Isaiah Ross is, is a great scorer and Van Eck are the only guys that returned from last year. The rest are, you know, either transfers, Juco kids and some freshmen. So I'm just going to have to start digging in this as soon as we got off the, get off the uh, podcast, because uh, like I said, I found out, you know, 15 minutes before practice, and then I jumped on this with you. So I don't know a lot about them other than probably what you said. They're going to be extremely well coached. Uh, they're going to play very hard. But the style of play, what I saw, you know, obviously uh, Iona wouldn't press like that last year, and, and that's something we're going to have to be good with the basketball. Um, and and uh, told that to the guys today. We're going to have to really, uh, you know, we can't be expecting to have the turnovers like we've had. We're going to be in for long nights. We're going to have to take care of the ball. Yeah, that's number one on the list. And uh, beyond that, this is uh, these two games are much more about Fairfield than it is Fairfield versus Iona, isn't it? Just getting better as a team, obviously. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I said that to the guys. It's it's uh, you know we're talking about you know not knowing what they, and scouting is important, but th this is about us playing better. And I'm not. Uh, I I want to play better if. The record to me is just a product of is, is going to change when we start playing better. So, um, you know, if we if we played much better and and uh, versus Hartford and, and I'm not Hartford and Stony Brook outplayed us and deserved to win, but I just felt we didn't play well. And um, I've I've had games where we've played and we've won and I've been disappointed, and I've had games where we lost and I've been pleased with our effort and our execution. Uh, we've got to do a better job of, of taking care of the basketball. And uh, I agree with you. It really isn't so much about Iona. That's our opponent. We've got to just clean up some stuff among, among ourselves and, uh, and play, play a lot better than we have been. And the final thing, Coach, the standard end of uh, the podcast update, you already gave us uh, this, the uh, Caleb Green update day-to-day -day right now, the knee, a little bit of an ankle issue. And just following up what we've been asking you about every week with uh, Jason uh, recovering from the mono, Jason Upai, and, and then John Kelly with the foot injury. Anything further in terms of information regarding those two? Not really. I mean, we have a return uh, date for Jason. I think it's December 15th that he can return to start practicing. But, I mean, you're talking about – a. Uh, a young man who probably hasn't done anything in he probably had about 10 days of practice since he's been here. So I don't even know, you know, I'm not expecting him to be ready. Certainly on the 16th, um, just from a conditioning standpoint, he can do very little conditioning right now um, because of the spleen stuff that happens with mono. So sure. um, he's, he's really a, uh, He's really another assistant coach right now. He's just uh, practice doing the clock and, and doing stuff like that. And and uh, John is progressing, but um, 
you know, that's, that's going to take some time with that thing too, too. So I'm, I'm not expecting either one of those guys uh, back quickly. Joe, anything else before we wrap things up? No, let's have uh, coach some time to get ready to beat our, uh, mm-hmm. our longtime rivals. Just uh, good luck. Hopefully the cutouts will be nice and loud and uh, we'll get back on the winning track. Coach, uh, thanks as always for the time. I'm sure at this point you're saying, would you guys please wrap this up with me so I can start actually finding out a little bit more about Iona here. But good luck this week. No, not at all. I appreciate you guys, and um, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with me. Oh, you bet, Coach. Thanks very much, and we'll do it again next week. That'll uh, do it for this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. And next week we'll talk about those conference openers, two games, the home and then home again series versus Iona this weekend at Alumni Hall. We'll also get you ready for the Stags' first road MAC series of the season. It'll be in Niagara on December 18th and 19th. At least we hope the Stags will be. You don't know, as Jay said, it's hour to hour this season. So uh, I'm sure there'll be much more on top of that to talk about next week when we bring you open court for Coach Jung and the Fairfield Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis. I'm Bob Eastler. Thanks for listening to Open Court with Jay Young. We will catch you again next week. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.